Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam, and I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. Radio Islam family, if you are, well, I should say, if you're new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. We are a live call in talk show broadcasting from Chicago on WCEV 1450 AM. And you can listen to our live stream at www.wcev1450.com. Oh, and we've got a treat for you. We are now available on TuneIn. So if you got the TuneIn app, you can find us at WCV. Listen to the podcast at Radio Islam USA. Now, if you haven't already done so, keep up with us on social media by following and liking us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All at the same username, at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA. Uh, if you've got a comment or a question you'd like to pose throughout the course of tonight's show, you're going to have to wait until tomorrow because this is a recorded conversation. But we would love to hear from you. Send us an email uh, or go ahead and send us a, uh, an inbox message on Facebook or tweet us. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Radio Islam family, we are going to have a, a great conversation tonight because we are, uh, we've got some great folks in the studio with us and they are doing... Uh, I feel really redundant saying great again. Uh, they're doing some exceptional, exceptional and uh, some wonderful work. So, as you all know, Hurricane Harvey, uh, it hit Houston pretty hard. And uh, there are a lot of folks that were displaced. Uh, and the wonderful thing about any, hmm, if I can say wonderful, but the, the thing about catastrophe is that it allows for compassion to, to come into place. It allows for, for mercy. It allows for people to come together uh, and respond to the needs of our, uh, our fellow human beings. So on January 22nd, um, there is an interfaith coalition, a group that is leaving from Chicago to head to Houston uh, to help in the rebuilding uh, and to, to give of themselves their time and their energy. And these folks are here with us. So first, let me go ahead and introduce who we have here with us. We have uh, from the Muslim Community Center, commonly known as MCC, we have Asif Masood, uh, and he is a member of the Interfaith Committee at MCC, and starting to teach about anti-bullying after having done a presentation at the National uh, American Muslim Healthcare Professional Interfaith Anti-Bullying Summit. Um, and you are principally, a, you're an architect by trade. Correct. All right. Alhamdulillah. Um, we have the Reverend Jeffrey D. Braun. He is senior pastor of Winneka Congregational Church, a progressive non-denominational Christian church on Chicago's North Shore. Uh, and I, th I thought it was important to mention that uh, Jeff resides in Winneka with his wife, Lori, of 20 years. There are three daughters, two puppies, and guinea pig. <laughs> I thought that's... That, that is that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> Perhaps the most important stuff. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being here, Jeff. Uh, we have also with us representing MCC Dilnas Warich. Uh, Dilnas serves as the executive director of Envision Education Strategist. Um, her greatest passion is her involvement with interfaith work as the Muslim Community Center Interfaith and Outreach Chair. Now, also, like I said, just great folks here um, understand that. Radio Sound Family, I'm giving you really truncated um, and abridged versions of everyone's bio, okay? All right, now, last we have with us, uh, representing Congregation 
Hakafa is Dr. Sally Nader, a clinical psychologist, a member of Congregation Hakafa, and someone who has had a long time interest in social justice. Uh, so I want to welcome, well, thank you for being here, Doctor. Um, I want to welcome all of you here. And as we always, uh, we begin opening our show, we begin with Assalamu alaikum, may the peace that only God can give be upon you all. And let's just jump right in and ask, I I'm going to throw my first question to you, Asif. Sure. Uh, tell us, how did this uh, relief effort, how did this come into being? I think we started working on this about four months ago, and definitely it was the uh, vision of uh, Pastor Jeff here. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but um, Bill Nas, you know, tapped me on the shoulder as, you know, this is something that's going on, and um, is this something you want to run with? And I had no idea what I was getting myself into uh, when I said <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, this is something that, you know, Congregation Hockify and WCC, they've done this kind of stuff before. But from MCC, this is the first time we're doing this. And so, you know, um, we're doing this, you know, in general or, you know, even as a part of another group. So, so you know, this is, a, this is a brainchild of Jeff, and, you know, this is um, something that I think after the hurricane happened, you know, we were like, what can we do to, you know, contribute to that? And, you know, Jeff can probably say a little bit more as to, you know, how it came about. Um, but for me, it was, you know, working with different faith groups, right, doing something together, especially in the age of Trump now, where religion and all of these things are, you know, painted in a negative life, and Jeff and I were just talking about this, right, mm -hmm. um, as to, okay, what can we do? So th there was basically two objectives of this, right? First, to help the folks of Houston, right, right? to by doing something, by helping rebuild, you know, whatever that might take place, but then secondarily, connecting with the different faith groups in the evenings, you know, cooking together, sleeping together, traveling together. You just build a level of connection that you don't get, um, you know, doing something else. Mm, okay. Uh, Jeff, so Pastor Jeff. Jeff is fine. <laughs> Jeff is fine, okay. So um, so how, how did this come about for you? So our church has been on mission trips before, um, service trips like this before. Mm -hmm. um, Hurricane Harvey hit, and we, like all the other groups that are going on the trip and countless others, wanted to do something, wanted to do something concretely, hands-on the problem, right. and to go down and be part of that. Um, but as Asif was saying, and as, as conversations I've had with Dilnaz and Asif, and I just met Sally today, so I haven't had the chance, I'm sure the conversations would track the same. This, there was a confluence between this concrete opportunity to go down and be of service, hands-on, in person, um, and I think a broader opportunity to make um, a statement about the power of religion to bring us together. And there is just so much that is written. Um, there's so much misinterpretation of what religion does, and I think so much broad-stroke painting of the negatives that religion can cause, and I think the goodness that it evokes in us and the power that it has to draw out our higher selves and to do that in humble concert with others. Um, this is what we wanted to testify to, along with doing the work. And so very quickly after our church started to say, how might we go, the question then became, in my heart and mind, who might we go with? Mm. And I reached out first to Bruce Elder because I was happening to have lunch with him that afternoon or two days after. I think it was on a Tuesday after the, the Sunday service where I kind of threw out this idea to the church. And he is uh, 
quoted as saying, great, let's do it. And I said, and I want MCC to come along. He said, awesome, let's contact them. Dilnaz was the next call, and I so remember that conversation as well and her thoughtful queries about, okay, so I'm just letting you know we've not done something like this before. What are the goals? Um, what, what are we hoping to get out of this? What are the parameters? And then a very thoughtful commitment. She said, let me get back to you. And she did, and that's how I met Asif. And it's just rolled from there. So concrete opportunity to help, but a way to make a statement in a, a broader narrative um, mm-hmm. that I thought was so important. And every one of our conversations to date has just proven this is absolutely spirit-led. Mm. Nas, what has been the, uh, by your estimation, uh, by, by saying that this is the first time that MTC has embarked on this type of, uh, uh, of an endeavor, um, what has been the response that, that you have seen within, uh, within MCC? Uh, what, what's, what's, what's the energy been like? Um, first of all, I just want to say that conversation that Jeff and I had about four months ago was a really important conversation, and it's not the first time we've had those discussions, and I think that's why we're in this um, room, we're having this conversation. It's relationship building. So um, being part of the interfaith group that I've been for the last four years and um, with the Muslim Community Center Interfaith and Outreach Committee chair, we've always been wanting to build larger relationships. We've always wanted to make sure that we're connecting and we're um, having dialogues and we're facilitating a better understanding of faith, um, be it Islam, be it Judaism, Baha'ism, Christianity, but we're constantly trying to understand each other's faith. So with the MCC, um, Interfaith and Outreach Committee, we've got a four-prong approach, and our four-prong approach is making sure that we're connecting, Mm -hmm. making sure that we're engaging, um, educating, and mobilizing. So after that conversation, I was like, wow, this is a great Great, great venture for us to like delve into, but we've never done it. So how is it going to be? So uh, reaching out to Asif and you know making sure that you know he is able to devote time to it was very important. And then just having constant meetings within our committee, and everyone is just like, yeah, we want to do this, but how do we do it? So having experience from Hakafa and WCC was wonderful, and now making sure we uh, expand our bandwidth to incorporating Zakat Foundation, um, Radio Islam, other Muslim organizations to let them know, you know what, this is a pilot project, but this is something others can follow and replicate. And once we come back, we'd love to have another discussion and feedback and all three organizations Mm -hmm. understand what worked well, what didn't work well, how to, you know, really uh, tweak our challenges and our strengths and keep moving forward. Because these are the types of um, opportunities we need to take advantage of, of how our congregations work together and how we need to show the rest of the world this is definitely what we need to do when there is a natural disaster or any disaster. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Sally, so Congregation um, Hakafa, have they, uh, have they, do they have a history of, of this type of, uh, of, of work as well? Yes, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, about a year and a half ago, a group from Hakafa went to Baton Rouge to help with the cleanup there. Yeah. Uh, I was a part of that group, and I can tell you that, that when you have this hands-on experience, it really leaves an impression when you're demolishing someone's possessions because they've been destroyed and you're taking out children's book bags mm-hmm. and the family Bible and uh, tennis shoes. It just leaves wow, you know, what people have lost. Uh, And prior to the trip to Baton Rouge, um, Hakafa sent a group to Biloxi and to Birmingham, and over the years has helped with Habitat for Humanity. So there's a history 
of um, taking these opportunities when they come to uh, do something hands-on. And, and at least for me, it reminds me that in a world where there's so many problems that we really can't do much about, this is something that we can actually tackle as individuals. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this group and really looking forward to the Houston trip. Yes, yes. Uh, and um, I'm going to put it out there now. I'm definitely hoping that everybody can make it back after the trip. Um, just to uh, just to reiterate what you mentioned, Del Nas, that conversation I think is going to be as impactful uh, as this one, probably even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, give me your thoughts on, uh, we spoke with uh, Dr. Uh, Lubna Hussein, who uh, works with uh, MedGlobal. She did some work uh, with the uh, Rohingya um, about a month ago or so. And she talked about the preparation, prep, you know, getting herself mentally ready for that work. Uh, in this type of, uh, of work, is that also a consideration, um, you know, knowing what you're, you're coming into, areas that don't look, you know, established, there's, there's not the stability that, you, that you've left? Is that, is that a consideration, just mentally preparing yourself for this work? I would say yes, but maybe to a lesser degree, just because we're going into residential neighborhoods. I think the shock there is not that there wasn't perhaps the same infrastructure we see in our neighborhoods where we live. It's how quickly they can become devastated uh, and, and how life can, your family, your, your, your sense of security and home can be undone so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to know how long it takes to build back out of that. And I think that's some of the preparation for at least me personally is recognizing you are walking into sacred ground. Um, it is devastated ground. It's a spiritual and emotional plane you need to enter into humbly. And to also just anticipate that no matter how well coordinated the work is down there, how much prep we've done to make sure our time is fruitful and productive and impactful for the people whose lives have been overturned, there are going to be things that don't go according to plan, and to just roll with that as part of the Spirit's gift right. and to give you a chance to experience sort of in the, in the micro a semblance of what people are experiencing in the macro because of Harvey's devastation. Right. So prepping for the un, unknown and getting ready to recognize that there's really so much going on that's not just the physical devastation. It's the spiritual, the emotional, the communal impact that these storms have which is why going down as community mm-hmm. is so incredibly powerful. Right. So, did you well, have to? Yeah, I was also going to um, mention that, you know, Hurricane Harvey happened in August of 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, a good six months, and I think that's important for us to realize, like, because we live in such an instantaneous world, we think should, things should be, be fixed by now. But if we think about um, Hurricane Harvey has received about uh, $125 billion in federal aid, and how important... Harvey is to us, and other natural disasters that have been occurring, like um, uh, in Puerto Rico, they haven't received that much resources, and we haven't given them as much attention as uh, Harvey has received. So we need to understand that, like we're able to help Har- Harvey, but we also need to do a uh, broader outreach and make sure that we're out there helping other resources as well, mm-hmm. getting other resources. Yeah, uh, I want to take a quick turn, if I will, if I may. Um, the response there's there seems that there's a natural response when we have these these uh, natural disasters uh of from people from from people of conscience right from uh from faith communities do you think that the uh i guess not necessarily the unrest but the the conditions that people that are normalized 
in in the societies that we're in uh, that these are that this is also maybe an opportunity for us to turn our gaze inward to uh, maybe that we're not uh, doing as much as we can uh, you know where we are uh, I mean because it doesn't it doesn't negate the need for it with, with this effort and, and efforts like it right this is absolutely essential but do you think there's also uh, an opportunity to kind of look where we are right now as well no that's that's a great question um, I think as a part of the discussion that we've been having with our community because um, it is more challenging to travel right, right. Um, and um, you know we've got uh, three Muslims going and we want more uh, to join us three or four more to join us but one of the conversation that we've been having hey what about Chicago because there is a amount of work that we can definitely do on the south side and so for me this is not just a one-time thing right um, and mm-hmm. the beauty of this and this is why I want people from Chicago on this trip is because as Dilnas says we're building relationships yes. you know with WCC and Congregation Hakifa so that when we do come back there is other things that we want to do here in Chicago so this is just you know the stepping stone to those other things okay all right that's great um can't we get uh, yeah I, I just I'm always thinking in, in in those terms also the other hat I wear you know as imam of uh, a masjid where there is you know there's you've got to look at the local but you also have to look at extending yourself beyond where you are right now and sometimes that allows you to see a, a privilege that you have uh where you are because you know somebody's always worse off than you know than you are um but you said you want to get Asif. You said you want to get more Muslims to join. We we definitely do. One of the things that you know, because WCC has done this before, right. Congregation Hakafa, they've been able to mobilize more people right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. And we since this is the first time that we're doing this, it has been a little bit more challenging. That's not to say people haven't come out in support. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, we have three people going, but you know they've got eight or nine, they've got eight or nine, and we've got three right now. So. We definitely want more Muslims going on this so trip. So how can anyone listening right now that's interested in joining you, um, how can they uh, get in touch with you? Um, I can give you my email and my phone number, so I don't know if you want me to say it on the air here. Um, that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people listen to this. but <laughs> um, we've, we've, we've got a pretty broad... Okay. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. So maybe. No. <laughs> I think there's three ways. There's three ways of helping out. The first okay. way is definitely physically um, volunteering, and if you're able to come for that one week, that's the number one way we'd love for you to volunteer. The second way is to financially, if there's a way, uh, you know, some funds that you'd like to give, especially there's um, zakat funds that can go towards this. Mm-hmm. And the third way is just making uh, a prayers for us, making prayers for all yes. of us to go there safely and come back safely. Yes. And actually, the fourth way is spreading the news. Yes. making sure you learn from this experience and make your next experience even more beneficial. So any of the four ways that you can um, help and support us, that's the best way to do it. And if you would like to financially support um, the Muslim Community Center, make sure you contact them, making sure that um, if there's uh, a certain amount of zakat you'd like to give, if you donate it to MCC, then MCC will make sure that, that those funds come directly to our um, hurricane rebuild okay. efforts. All right, that's great, that's great. We still want a way for them to contact us, though, right? So that's that's where, um, you know... Getting onto the website, um, um, mccinterfaith.gmail.com. mccinterfaithgmail.com. Okay, and this is what we're going to also do. Because this will also be uh, podcasted as well. 
I'm going to make sure that we put the uh, the email address, yeah. whatever contact info, Perfect. we'll have that on there as well. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wanted to dovetail with that because I think they're, they're, the seed for this trip was a common desire, not yet united, now united, to yeah. respond to Hurricane Harvey in particular. And side note, I could not agree with you more about how, in particular, natural disasters, kind of free of um, often other political issues or concerns, can prick our consciousness about the needs of others. And the desire is to not allow that window to close, either right. vis-a-vis the people who have experienced the disaster, witness Katrina, mm-hmm. 11 years later still in cleanup, mm-hmm. um, 12 years later, I'm sorry, and... To, to, to use it as an opportunity to say what in the immediate neighborhoods in which we live can we do? It doesn't have to be just getting on a plane and going somewhere else in response to a storm, so I couldn't agree more. But the seed of the idea for this trip was a desire to help in Houston with something concrete in a physical way, as Dylan said, to go down and be boots on the ground. But the soil that allowed that seed to germinate unquestionably was the interfaith work and the relationships that had been developed before the trip. And I'm just speaking at it now from my WCC perspective, when I could congregational church perspective, in terms of Congregation Hakafa and Muslim Grove, um, uh, Morton Grove Muslim Community Center, and our experiences with these folks and these houses of worship, these faith communities, were what immediately caused them to come to mind. And times having been welcomed um, by Hakafa um, when they have either worshipped at our, our particular because they don't have their own house of worship, uh, so they're with us for the high holy days, and then our worship space is their space, or time down at MCC, and how warmly we've been received, and the kind of transformative relationship that is budding um, is what allowed this to immediately result in a call, a yes, a call, a yes. And so perhaps um, my congregation and Hakafa have done this before. It was easier to marshal people, but the soil that we planted this seed in was equally cultivated by MCC and all the work we've done to date. And I just want to give hats off to, um, to Dil Nas and, and the work she's continued to do to help in various multi-faith capacities, as well as Bruce Elder mm-hmm. and, and Sally and those at Hakafa, because they've really allowed this to happen. And I hope it goes not just locally, but broader, and it just continues to grow. This isn't a one-time deal. Absolutely. Well, I'll <clears throat> I'm sorry, Sally. You I, was, I was going to say that I think the immigration crisis has brought all of us closer, mm-hmm. uh, and and that has, um, it, while that is not this issue this time, it has really uh, formed some bridges between our communities um, because we're really all working for the same thing. And mm-hmm. well, I think that this, uh, I was excited when uh, I learned that. In addition to, because I think at first I might have just reached out to uh, to just uh, to Dilnaz and Asif, and then when I found out that that you two would also be joining, then I just I got really excited at the the, the prospect of being able to sit down and have a conversation with the people that are actually going to be going. Uh, organizational uh, the, the, that leadership. Um, let's kind of I'd like to talk about how this how you think this is going to resonate. Um, Especially when you come back, how is it going to resonate with other faith communities as a model for them to, uh, to, to emulate? 
was kind of jumping off. Um, I was thinking about a hadith um, from the Quran, um, uh, uh, from the, our prophet that talks about, O people, behold, we have created you from a male and a female and have made you into nations and tribes so that you might know to come one another. Verily, the noblest of you is the sight of God, is the one who is most deeply conscious of God. Behold, God is all-knowing and all-aware. So that's from the Quran. And I think we're all sitting here because we're all God-conscious. Right. And that's what we want to do. We want to build that consciousness in our community. And if you could have a Jewish community and a Christian community and a Muslim community come together and travel, you know, um, nationally to help other Muslim, Christian, and Jewish people, then why couldn't we even do that here in Chicago and build that uh, repertoire for other Muslim, Christian, and Jewish communities to keep growing and realizing that um, we have our definite differences, but we also have our definite similarities, and we're basing on our similarities and how to move forward. Because that's what our world is about, and that's how we realize God consciousness it wants us to move forward. Mm. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, you mentioned uh, that, that, that the political considerations or whatever interest these considerations are kind of taken off the table when there's uh, an emergency. Right? How do we, well, when there's a disaster, how do we get ourselves to the point where we can see the, the the human dignity that is that that human concern that is evident to us in these natural disasters and these uh, times of great emergency. How do we get to our, get ourselves to the point where we can see that on the, on the local level? How how does that happen? Well, I don't have the grand answer, um, but I can say that I see in my congregation and I speak to colleagues, no matter the faith tradition, a similar dynamic in their houses of worship, their their congregations a sense uh, amongst perfectly worldly and capable people of overwhelm. How can I, just me, possibly do something that would have an impact on this broader problem? Name whatever it is, especially given how persistent and pervasive the problem seems to be. And I think when we start to do small, iterative things, Asif, I so loved what you said. I was driving down, making sure he knew I might be late to the radio program. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm on my way. And I said... You know, you know, I'm so excited, and he said, yes, this is such important work, and it's just the, it's, this is just one small thing that we can do. And I think finding, quote-unquote, one small thing after the other right. that allows us entree into places that are discomforting mm-hmm. because of what they make us present to, uncomfortable because we haven't done them before, and ultimately more relationally connected, which is the goal of all of this. So we see the common humanity, Mm -hmm. which we are beneath all our religious traditions, children of God, born of the same, Mm -hmm. called to the same, um, work for, you know, our brothers and sisters. The more we can create practical, reasonable opportunities to step into that, I think that's part of the solution. It's not the whole solution. Mm -hmm. But that's what allows us to say, oh, I can do that. Right. And that leads to what's next. <laughs> well, there's a there's a narration uh, of the prophet, peace and praise be upon him, which says that um, it basically tells you you get to know a person uh, three ways. One is uh, working, uh, the other is traveling. And what's the last one? The last one is, okay, all right, we're just going to go with those two. I'm, I'm <laughs> two out but, of three ain't bad. Right. <laughs> but but you got two of the three uh, in this group and what, and what you're going to be doing. So I'm going to say this, and then we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back and get into some of the logistics, how things are going to play out. Um, Oh, so what I do think is going to happen is that whatever work you do in the future, 
after this, uh, and I believe this will be successful. I, I, I just because it came from uh, from a remembrance and awareness yes. uh, of God and our connectedness. Yes. Yeah, um, but I think, but I think that what's going to happen is that from the um, those people who missed this opportunity, they will see what happened. They will see the relationships that they've been strengthened. They'll see a foundation that's been laid down, and you're going to have people beating down your door. Uh, to be a part of the future works uh, that are going to come out. So uh, this is, the, I'm smacking on table real not family. I'm not supposed to be doing that. Um, but I think this is huge, and I, I just can't wait to see how this continues to develop. Uh, Radio Islam family, we are talking with an interfaith uh, group that is headed to uh, Houston, January 22nd. Uh, they'll be there for three days. No, they Three days? Till the 26th. So. Till the 26th. Okay, so four days. They'll be there four days. Uh, that's almost a week, right? That's closer to seven. So they'll be there, uh, and they'll be giving of their time uh, and their resources to uh, to give some, to alleviate some of the concerns that are going on in Houston post-Hurricane Harvey. So we'll be back to talk with them uh, in a few minutes. You're listening to Radio Slam. Traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. 
I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. We are broadcasting from Chicago at WCB 1450 AM, live streaming at www.wcb1450.com. Folks, if you haven't already done so, make sure that you are following and liking us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. As we told you in the beginning, this is a recorded program, so you are not going to be able to call in, but feel free to send us an email, inbox us, tweet us. Uh, at Radio Islam USA, we'd love to hear what you think. We're having a great conversation. Uh, we are talking about something that really has the potential to be transformational in terms of how faith communities respond, not only to disaster, but just to, to the needs that exist uh, around us uh, as human beings. So we have with us, I'll give you an intro again if you are just tuning in, we have the Reverend Jeffrey D. Braun. He is a senior pastor of Oneka Congregational Church. And, uh, yeah, I was about to say in Winnetka, yeah, but uh, Winnetka Congregational Church. Uh, we have uh, Dilnaz Dil Warich. She is uh, representing MCC. Uh, she is the executive director of Envision Education Strategist. Uh, is also the uh, chair of the Muslim Community Center Interfaith uh, and Outreach Committee. Uh, we have also from MCC, we have, <clears throat> we have Asif Masood. Uh, and what, what can I tell you about Asif Masood? He's a, a member of the MC. He's a, a member, member of, of the MCC Interfaith Committee. Yeah, that's that's a that's a drop football uh, <laughs> on my part. You're not supposed to have uh, the guests introduce themselves again. <laughs> but it was a late well, night with Alabama's win. <laughs> it was right. Yeah. It was. We all slept a little late. Okay, I'm, 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 I just got called out, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Uh, and we also have representing Congregation Hakafa, Dr. Sally Nate uh, Nadur. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. Right. All right. All right. We well, have a name like uh, Tariq Alameen, uh, which has been, you know, I've got I've got a bunch of different names. But anyway, uh, she is a <laughs> clinical psychologist uh, and a member of obviously of a congregation, Hakafa, and someone who's had a long time interest in social justice. And we've uh, we've been talking about just some of the implications of this interfaith um, collaboration, uh, where it began, uh, and hopefully. Uh, that it's laying the, the groundwork for future future um, collaborations. So let me start by asking, where will you all be? Uh, and whoever wants to feel that question, where, where are you going to be in Houston? I think what we know is we're going to be in Northeast Houston. And okay. Jeff will go on more with how SBP is helping, but that's the location that's that the they want us to be working in. And, so, and we are looking at Airbnb. So we're going to be staying as a group. Um, all the faith groups will be segregated by gender, right. but definitely will be, uh, you know, staying together. And that's part of how this is coming about as we grow and learn about each other. All right. So, um, so it's going to be like a slumber party. Um, <laughs> An adult slumber party. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so uh, who are your partners? You mentioned SVP? SBP. SBP. So who are who are your partners on the ground that have I guess set up uh, set things up so you can get in and, and and you know get in some work? Yep. So SBP formerly Saint Bernard Project 
mm-hmm. was based in St. Bernard Parish, which okay. is just right outside of New Orleans proper. And SBP, uh, then St. Bernard Project, uh, came to be when two folks from Washington, D.C., Liz McCartney and Zach Rosenberg, uh, she was a teacher, he was a lawyer, and they went down, I think it was February of 2006, so not all that long after Katrina hit in New Orleans and did its damage. Mm -hmm. And they went down thinking they would find most of the repairs sort of well in hand and to just pitch in a little bit and they came down and there was just an absolute absence and they were stunned at the lack of work, the lack of response more broadly. They went back to Washington after a lot of prayer and discussion uh, but in a fairly short time frame decided to move down to New Orleans which they did. They had no construction experience, no disaster recovery experience, no model to work from other than the fierce desire of those people down there to get back to their homes, to rebuild their communities, not just their homes, but their communities writ large, and to help them do that. They started a tool co-op. They started raising money, which they had some experience with but not applied in this area. And what started as just sort of a we have to do something, we don't know how we'll do it, but we'll figure it out, has turned into what is now a truly national, first-class, top-caliber organization that shrinks the time from disaster to recovery. They can rebuild a home in quality terms, a beautiful home you'd want to be in, mm-hmm. um, in about 12 to 16 weeks and with a very small amount of money through donated funds, donated labor, they work with AmeriCorps, and largely not-for-profit groups, religious groups coming down and working with them often. Uh, they're still at work in New Orleans. They've worked in Baton Rouge. They've worked in the Carolinas. They've worked in New Jersey and uh, Long Island after Superstorm Sandy. Uh, and they were immediately consulted by uh, folks in Houston, in particular J.J. Watt, who when he was deciding how to distribute the $37 million that he raised, mm-hmm. tapped them as a clear group that could come in, get on the ground, start fast, keep the needs of the homeowners first and foremost in their mind and allow people to come in in a short time frame and have high impact. So they're a great partner and they are a perfect example of what can I do? I don't know. I'll just do this one thing. Zach and Liz are a testament and their organization to what we hope to testify to, which is you can make a difference and you have no idea where God is going to take that. Mm. Mm. I mean to that. Um, Seeing as how we're in a... um I guess polarizing is not even it's not it's not hackneyed it's not overused. We really are in a polarizing uh time in history. <clears throat> and I don't think it's just it's not just uh nationally. This is I think this is a global um uh the atmosphere where there's a there's a lot of separation. Uh and these disasters they serve sometimes the 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 purpose of allowing us to to see one another and pull us back together again. So when Hurricane Harvey took place um, what and I'd like for you to answer this, uh, Dil Nas, if you will. Uh, what do you feel? Uh, what what impact has it had on on faith communities and, and how they see each other and how they how they're, they're functioning? So I think when we were sitting there um, just watching CNN news or any news station in August, we were just horrified that all of this was occurring. And all of us have tools and in our toolboxes. We were just kind of like, how? What can we do? How can we help this community? And it was, I think represented pretty well in the media that 
Um, this was probably one of the first natural disasters where you really saw a mosque open and people were coming into the mosque and they were getting food, they were getting resources, they were getting hugs, they were getting the uh, what they needed um, for the evening, for the week, for the two weeks that they needed uh, before the government was stepping in. You saw congregations, you've got, you saw, um, so you saw all these um, houses of worship being open and people being inviting. You saw um, people relying on each other, which I actually don't think many of us have seen that in other natural disasters happening in the last, you know, last 10 years. So the media was showing that, wow, we can really um, change that pendulum. And that pendulum is for us as individuals to step to the plate, but also for us to realize when we collaborate, we are so much stronger than um, as individuals. So you had individuals understanding why we're here in this relationship that we're in in Houston and how our nation together can globalize. We were talking about um, just a little while ago, Jeff, about thinking globally but acting locally and that's what happened in August and that's what we're trying to do right now um, six months later as well and definitely you know um, the devastation that occurred it's going to take a very long slow process to recover but um, as people of faith we realize we're in it for the long run and we really want to make sure that we're helping our brothers and sisters down in Texas we're helping our brothers and sisters um, the next time another disaster occurs it's not just us thinking about what's happening in Chicago and how we can help people in Chicago but but it's really reaching out far and wide, making sure we can help our brothers and sisters throughout the country. Mm. Uh, let me pose a question to you, um, Sally. As a as a clinical psychologist, um, we uh, what type of efforts are being uh, are being initiated to look at the mental health and and, and well being of disaster survivors? Uh, you, you know, we, we're going to respond. We're going to rebuild. We're going to donate. Uh, toiletries and front, you know all those types of things, but what what type of what efforts are, are being given to address that 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 mental right, state? Right. Well, it, you know, as time goes on after a disaster like Hurricane Harvey, the the needs vary, and and over time, the the people that didn't have the resources to repair their homes and clean them up will be the poorer people. And, and when we go down at that point, we are helping people that have just lived with this, lived with the heat and the mold and not been able to address it. Uh, and, and the emotional impact of that is, is tremendous. Uh, I, I cannot exactly answer your question what resources are being applied to that uh, on the ground mm -hmm. there in Houston, uh, but I, I can say that this just has to be terrible, and, it, and it's those people that really don't have the resources to address it that, that are on a, under a tremendous burden. Um, and to the extent that we can help, even just a little, I think we might give them hope that that their place of abode can can be repaired, and that life can go on and and they can find a way forward. Mm -hmm. um, but it obviously, from a psychological point of view, it's just um, it's just devastating and sometimes paralyzing for people. Yes. They they can't move forward, e even though physically they you would think they might be able to, but they just can't. Mm. You'll see 
or you can read testimony to that effect of the emotional and the spiritual and the relational impact, not just the, the physical and the bodily impact of a natural disaster. If you go to the SBP website and you can read testimony about various homeowners who are en route back to their homes in whatever locale SBP is working, and now they are working uh, in Houston and we'll be partnering with them. Um, but you can also read about their emotional travails and how they felt abandoned or how long they've languished as they're trying to get home and the sense of what home really means. Um, it is a profound word to say, I am home. It doesn't just mean the physical domicile. It means an emotional state, a sense of well-being, a sense of being secure and grounded. And when that is taken away from you or has not been present even before the storm, and this layers in another emotional impact on what you were already carrying, I think the need for mental health care, which fortunately, again, people down in Houston are really being aware of in a way that they were not down immediately post-Katrina, right. says something about how we, we have evolved <clears throat> to see the response needing to be more holistic, not just multi-faith, but more holistic. Mm-hmm. Fix the house, that's fine. The, those that dwell in the home need care even after the home has been fixed. Absolutely. And I think that is one of the Uh, One of the the ways that we have progressed, I think, as a society where there's much more open discourse about mental health. Uh, There's a a, a much greater awareness of it. Uh, And it was just something that just kind of just popped in my head. I mean, as as far as, you know, we're going to go and make sure that people have their their uh, the goods that they've lost. You know, they can be insured. Their home can be insured. uh, And and those things can can be replaced. But the emotional uh, that that toll, uh, the toll on, on the psyche is not something that we often uh, really consider. So that's uh, it's good that we have a, a clinical psychologist who's going to be going. <laughs> well, Tariq, I might add that, you know, whatever problems people had before Hurricane Harvey continue afterward layered by this, this additional stress. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it's a complex it's a complex issue, and uh, I'm glad that there are people on the ground that are really digging into it. Yeah. So is there, um, um, there are a total, so, so far it sounds like you've got about 25 folks that are going so far? 20, 25, somewhere in there, yep. Yeah. Okay. And everybody's going to fly in. Nobody's driving. See, what would be really nice if you all had a bus. <laughs> <laughs> And you took the bus down? I agree. Get on right. the bus. Uh, like taking the bus to camp. You yes. get friends on the bus. And <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, Jeff, would you uh, explain, uh, give us a little bit of history of Winnetka's, uh, of your congregation's uh, outreach efforts or how, well, I, I, I'll say this real quick before I finish that question. I'm noticing we have WCC and MCC. Huh? That sounds like that's a natural that's a natural fit there, right? But um, just talk to us a little bit, a little bit about um, uh, about the church's uh, interfaith um, thrust and, and what is what has powered it and, and, and how that all how that all has worked out. I've only been there two years and a, and a little bit, so um, I have a sense of its history, but can't speak as as as, uh, as as deeply about it as others in the church can. I think there's long been a very dialogical orientation in the church, wanting to be in conversation, in dialogue with our brothers and sisters of different faith traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's been, yes, uh, an intellectually fulfilling one, but it has not been an intellectual exercise or an academic exercise. It's been a relational exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, for us as Christians, um, as but one of the religions of the world, I think we, as Dilna said earlier, 
Um, uh, we're very interested in that relational connection. And I think what God calls us to is a relational faith, one that is transformative and transportive and connective. Us with God, each of us with God, each of us with ourselves, with God as mediator, and with our brothers and sisters, regardless of faith, tradition, gender, creed, sexuality, nationality, economic level, what have you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been something that WCC has wanted to live into by reaching out and inviting in, stepping out and inviting others in. Uh, and the collaborative energy that we have felt with and continue to feel growing with MCC and with Congregation Hakafa, to name but a few of our brothers and sisters in faith in the immediate area, is profound. That's what propels us to keep doing it. It's the sense that God is in it, and we are in this together, the grand we. Mm -hmm. And God is found in those connective, discovering, not always easy, but always fulfilling moments. Um, so that's, I think, a little bit about our our tradition of outreach, but just personally, I think we, we testify, each of us, to the depth and the profundity of our own faith tradition by being able to be in rapport with and interaction with and ultimately to witness toward and witness with, to God, those of other faith traditions. It doesn't make less of our tradition. It makes us more deeply rooted and yet more open at the same time. That's, to me, I think, the, the zeitgeist in what we do, and I sense that's true for for, w, or for MCC and Congregation Hakafa as well. Okay. It's a celebration of diversity, yes. which I am borrowing from USF. But I, I, you made that comment in an email, and I, I was so taken with it. A celebration of diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, when you learn from others and you learn more about um, your larger community, you yourself become a better person. Yes. So I totally agree. Like learning from uh, Congregation Hakafa, learning from uh, Weneka Congregational. Uh, Winneka Congregational Church, we become better people. So together, the three of us, we're better now because I feel like our organizations are growing and learning with from each other. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To that point, I mean, <laughs> emphasizing, you know, I just got a degree in social-emotional intelligence. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. From the Right Foundation of Human Potential. And, you know, empathy is a key aspect of social-emotional intelligence. And the way empathy is created is first by self-awareness, about learning about ourselves, about our emotions. And as we get better at that, we learn about others' emotions and their states. And, and that's a huge thing in this country right now. Part of the reason we are so cruel to each other is because we don't know each other, we don't understand each other. And as we work together, I think it's about creating empathy uh, for each other. Can I add well, one thing there? Go right ahead. I think that... America's got a lot of things going for it. I'll be careful not to get, to get into too much hot water with what I'm about to say. <laughs> but rugged individualism is certainly something that we as Americans like to pride ourselves on. Rugged individualism is great to a point. The problem with it is when you look at it theologically or sociologically, it starts to create the siloed self. And I am, therefore, I may or may not need you to be or to acknowledge your being but a more pan-African truth, Ubuntu, I am because we are, is I think what we are embodying. I think it's inherent in our faiths. I do not claim to be a Jewish or a Muslim scholar or to know nearly what my brothers and sisters know, but I know within the Christian fold, and I believe it's echoed in these faith traditions and others, at heart is about loving neighbor as God has loved us. 
And that is an I am because we are. There's a collective ontology that we have to be a part of. And as Americans, I think we miss the boat on that sometimes. Yes. Yes. Well, <clears throat> I thank all of you for taking the time to come and talk with us. Um, and we are praying for your safe journey and return. Uh, we pray that this effort is the first in many more uh, and the good that you're able to do uh, in Houston that is able to be replicated right here at home as well. Um, and we want to let folks know that if they'd like to support this effort, uh, you mentioned, well, first we want to give uh, MCC's email address again. Uh, so there's actually four ways to support the program. And like I said it before, I'll say it again because um, there's we just can't get enough support. Number one is fi uh, physically being um, at this uh, rebuild. We'd love for you to go ahead and um, email us at mccinterfaithteam at gmail.com, mccinterfaithteam at gmail.com, and say you want to volunteer for four days and be at the rebuild. Number two is financially um, supporting someone. If you can't be there, support someone. It's about $750 to $800 per person um, to spend four days to fly there and rebuild in Houston. The third way is spreading the news and making sure if you can't be there, you can't financially support, but finding someone else that can financially support, finding someone else that can be there, and just letting people know that this is happening with um, the Muslim, the Jewish, and the Christian faith-based um, communities. And the last way is just making prayers for us, praying that we go there safely, we um, make an impact that is, um, you know, lifelong for people in Houston as well as for our congregation. So those are the four ways you can support us. Okay. Thank you again. Uh, we appreciate it and look forward to talking with you all when you get back uh, to hear how things went. Uh, Radio Islam family, we have come to the end of another program. Uh, we pray you've enjoyed this. We look forward to talking with you all tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have with us in studio uh, Sonia Hassan. Uh, she is a visionary in terms of the uh, nonprofit crowdsourcing, uh, and you're in for a really great conversation with that. Um, that being said, uh, we want to thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure that we come through nice and clear to you. I want to thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer, Tariq el -Amin. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. I'm going to leave you now as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.